Hi, this is Dr. Gwen Morse. Today is Thursday, July 12th. Oh, another Friday the 13th tomorrow. Um, the first article I want to talk about is something that has interested me um, as a concept, and it's about if, if obesity is considered a disease or just a normal consequence of certain conditions. Um, this comes out of some research that has been recently in the news about doctors' failure to talk to their patients about obesity. In fact, I had my health exam today, and um, it, you know, I, I wanted to, I should have asked the doctor his, my yearly exam, his thoughts about questioning people, because it is, there is that sense of it's a no touch, we're afraid of hurting people's feelings issue. So let me share this one with you. Um, obesity puts people at risk for a whole host of conditions, including type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, and sleep problems, but we really do need to consider if obesity itself is a disease. And it seems physicians are divided on the issue. Some say obesity is indeed a disease with causes beyond eating too much and exercising too little and consequences that harm the body like any medical condition. In addition, they say referring to obesity as a disease would improve care for patients and ensure treatments are covered by insurance plans. You know, the same thing happened with uh, PMS. Once, once it became labeled as a psych disorder, you know, there was uh, funding support, which, you know, you got, got to kind of question. For the women who have this severe condition, you know, then absolutely, but 95% of the population have normal menstrual cycle events um, that do not require an intervention or insurance. But other physicians argue obesity is a risk factor for health problems, but not a disease itself. They say calling obesity a disease would stigmatize a huge population and categorize some people as sick who actually may not be sick or and indeed are healthy. If you call obesity a disease, it means that a third of Americans are in a disease state or sick. And it's the interesting thing about this is this is exactly what happened in women's health research with premenstrual syndrome. Um, maybe there's a little more interest here because this crosses both genders. I know I sound kind of prejudiced, but uh, after being in this field of research for so long, I, I find it very interesting. Um, last week, the American Medical Association took up the question of whether to classify obesity as a disease at a meeting and decided more research was needed on the topic, deferring the decision to a later date. Um, and this one physician had said he could make calling make it a case we're calling a disease but right now they just don't have enough evidence um, some experts agree that obesity is a critical public health problem and the medical system needs to change to better manage obese obesity people but let's talk about why some consider obesity a disease and a disease is generally thought of as an abnormal state or a condition that prevents the body from functioning properly so during the meeting the physicians pointed out that in some cases people have underlying abnormalities that cause them to be obese. For instance, a person's genetic makeup or metabolism could make his or her body expend fewer calories than other people's bodies. And once people gain weight, the extra pounds can lead to metabolic and hormonal problems that increase the risk of disease. Just as diabetes results from a malfunction of the body's ability to regulate blood sugar, obesity results from a malfunction of the ability to regulate energy balance. That's kind of interesting. 
It satisfies all the definitions and criteria of what a disease and medical condition is. The one difference is, is that people who have obesity have to wear their disease on the outside. There's also concern some insurance companies do not cover obesity treatments such as weight loss meds or management programs because obesity, for the most part, is not considered a disease. The AMA wants to learn more about why this problem happens and how prevalent it, it is. Others think that while obesity is a risk factor for many medical conditions, carrying extra pounds does not destine people to develop the disease, these various diseases. In fact, the funny thing is, some people can be obese and healthy and live a normal life. I used to refer to this as fat and fit. There's no question that obesity is one of the most important public health problems facing America. It's just labeling it as a disease is not going to help us move into a positive direction. And for the most part, most people agree. We do not want to make society more ill overall by labeling obesity as a disease if that label is not warranted. Obese people may also be stigmatized or may suffer psychological consequences if they're labeled as having a disease. However, referring to obesity as disease may actually remove some of the stigma because it could highlight the fact that obesity is not necessarily caused by a lack of willpower, which is generally what is most people will refer to as fat people. Regardless of whether obesity is referred to as a disease, the care of obese patients needs improvement. For instance, medical schools, as well as nursing schools, or all healthcare practitioners should change the way they teach their, their students so that they are better able to treat and support obese patients. When people get care, they get a lot of finger wagging. Eat this, not that. But obesity is a much more complex problem. Obese patients should also be able to visit doctors who specialize in their condition. To me, that's what's critical. Um, if you have diabetes or any other medical disorder, you'll be treated by people with appropriate background to help you. Um, I, I just love that concept. I think we have to look at this as a problem plaguing uh, an inordinate amount of people in the United States. And, you know, it, we can't, we can't, we have not isolated the cause, and it's certainly not just because of the way people eat. Um, it certainly has to do with the foods that we eat and the way foods are prepared and so on. So I hope that opened up a little consciousness uh, towards obesity. The next one actually was, I, I heard about on NPR today, which in the United States, that's the National Public Radio, but then I also found this cute little article. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just too, just so exciting. A new, a new study that suggests moderate alcohol cons consumption for women may help prevent bone loss. So drinking a moderate amount of alcohol as part of a healthy lifestyle may benefit women's bone health, not men's, lowering their risk of developing osteoporosis. It was a study that um, assessed the effects of alcohol withdrawal on bone turnover in postmenopausal women who drank one or two drinks per day several times a week. And the researchers measured a significant increase in blood markers of bone turnover in women after they stopped drinking for just two weeks. Bones are in a constant state of remodeling with old bone being removed and replaced. In people with osteoporosis, more bone is lost than reformed, resulting in porous, weak bones. About 80% of all people with osteoporosis are women, and postmenopausal women face an even greater risk because estrogen, a hormone that helps keep bone remodeling and balance, decreases after menopause. And past studies have shown that moderate drinkers have a higher bone density than non-drinkers or heavy drinkers. But these studies provide no explanation for the differences in bone density. 
alcohol appears to behave similarly to estrogen in that it reduces bone turnover. In, in this study, which was in the July 11th issue of Menopause, researcher at, or, researchers at Oregon State University um, in the Skeletal Biology Laboratory studied 40, which again, is a small sample, early postmenopausal women who regularly had one or two drinks a day were not on any hormone replacement therapies and had no history of osteoporosis-related fractures. The researchers found evidence for increased bone turnover, a risk factor for osteoporotic fractures, during the two-week period when the participants stopped drinking. <laughs> Even more surprising, the researchers found that less than a day after the women resumed their normal drinking, their bone turnover rates returned to previous levels. Drinking moderately as part of a healthy lifestyle that includes a good diet and exercise may be beneficial for bone health, especially in postmenopausal women. Um, the study is important because it suggests a cellular mechanism for the increased bone density often observed in postmenopausal women who are moderate drinkers. The, the researchers had said that many of the medications to help prevent bone loss are not only expensive but can have want, unwanted side effects. While excessive drinking has a negative impact on health, drinking a glass of wine or beer regularly as part of a healthy lifestyle may be help, helpful and healthy for postmenopausal women. Everyone loses bone at the, as they age, but not everyone develops osteoporosis. Being able to identify factors such as moderate uh, alcohol intake that influence bone health will help people make informed uh, lifestyle choices. This was a study that was uh, funded by the National Institutes of Health. Anyway, so I think this evening I shall have a glass of wine. This is Dr. Gwen, stay healthy, stay cool, enjoy your summer, and take good care of yourself. Bye now.